Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio, a student-operated, non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in anytime to KUST at mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to Keep the Ball Rolling, presented by Tommy Media. On today's show, we talk Tommy Winter Sports, St. Thomas Rugby, as we bring on men's rugby president and junior, Tony Krause, and the coronavirus suspending sports. everyone, and welcome to the premiere of Season 5 of Keep the Ball Rolling. I'm Mia Lauby. And I'm Joey Swanson. Well, it's uh, crazy out there with the coronavirus being the main thing in the news, but right now I guess there's no sports to watch, so we're giving viewers something to listen to that's, you know, still part of the sports world. we got to go back in time and relive these <laughs> moments we, we used to view. So we're going to talk a little bit about how winter sports in the Mayak ended. Um, some of the teams actually didn't get to finish their season, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, some teams did finish before all of the craziness started. So um, women's basketball ended at 21-6. and six. Uh, I'm part of that team. We uh, lost in the semifinals of the conference tournament to Augsburg for the third time this year. So um, we missed the NCAA bid. Augsburg also did, unfortunately. Um, only Bethel from the Mayak made the conference tournament, and they lost first round at home to Bethany Lutheran. Yeah, that was a that was a tough game for uh, St. Thomas. They, they played super hard the first half. Uh, I think we were within one or two points at halftime. Mm-hmm. You were at that game, right? Covering yeah, it. I was covering it. And I don't know, from my perspective, I just thought that the Augsburg pressure got to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, Augsburg, first of all, is a senior-dominated team. They've been playing together for a long time, and a lot of the talk this year, especially at the beginning, was just how young our women's basketball team was. Um, bringing back no seniors and having our leading scorer or probably would have been in the mix for being our leading scorer, Kaya Porter, out this year. Um, So we had one junior until uh, Noelle Tomes came mid-season, but yeah, Macy Haddlestad kind of led us from that standpoint. So that game was tough. The full court pressure caused 26 turnovers um yeah that was that was the main part of of what what went wrong for us i think but mm-hmm. i don't know i th- i thought we had a good season wouldn't you say so i mean we we didn't have necessarily the yeah. talent pool we always have but coach sin always makes the most of her mm-hmm. team and um well it's basically been a decade since um st thomas hasn't won the conference tournament for women's basketball and 
we've obviously in the last few years been very successful in the NCAA tournament, going to the Final Four behind uh, Hannah Spaulding, Kaylee Brazel, Lucia Renikoff last year. So I think going into this year, a lot of people were pretty nervous. And, uh, you know, people looked at it and they were kind of like, oh, a rough season. And we're like, well, I mean, <laughs> we won over 20 games, 21 21 and six, that's not even that bad of a season, but- uh, No, not at all. Coach Sin um, definitely made sure to have a really strong strength of schedule despite having a young team. So going down to play Trinity and East Texas Baptist down in Texas, and um, obviously getting to play teams like Augsburg and Bethel. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the Mayak teams don't always go out and seek some of those games, so I think that kind of hurts as far as losing. But, um, yeah, still a pretty good season. Yeah, and that game against Trinity, 71-68. Um, oh, yeah. uh, I, I wasn't at that game. I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. How was that game? I mean, they're number 12, 12 oh. in, the, in the nation as of the February 24th rankings that came out. But... That's a pretty solid team to beat. Oh, they! it was a fun game. I mean, the gym at that tournament had quite a few people. And, I mean, I think the coaches didn't really let it on to us as athletes, but they were pretty nervous to play um, so much experience down in Texas with such a young team starting out the year because, I mean, we had some freshmen step into pretty big roles this year with like Maddie Shermer being a starter for a big portion of the year. Uh, you know, Abby Mockintoon, um, she kind of stepped in at the four quite a bit and just, yeah, other freshmen having huge roles that they definitely wouldn't have had had um, some girls not had to quit for personal reasons and that big senior class graduating, so. Um, but the men's basketball, they had a really good year, and they would have um, they would have continued that had uh, NCA not made the decision to cancel March Madness. Yeah, they had a fun first weekend of the NCA tournament. Two very close games. Uh, I got the chance to travel to Platteville, Wisconsin. Very big town. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Great place. But the whole town was stoked to watch their team uh, host host the regional. And, uh, yeah, two awesome games. Uh, the first one, St. Thomas got ahead by, I, I think it was 20 points, and St. Norbert stormed back. Uh, we had some back-and-forth possessions late in the second half, but mm -hmm. we prevailed, and... That was, that was fun watching uh, Coach Tower and his team uh, have those two big wins. And then um, they would have gone on on March 14th to play St. John's for the fourth time this year in the Sweet 16. They had a loss. It was a, not the greatest game. They lost uh, at home to St. John's, first Tommy Johnny of the year. Um, and then we actually beat them at St. John's, 71-66. Uh, ended up losing to them in the Mayak Championship, 82-63. Uh, but we would have had a chance to go 
two and two with them on the year at the Sweet 16. But uh, I actually was going to go cover that game. and Yeah, college would have been rocking. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been sold out. Oh, it totally would have been. Anticipation and, um, for that game. You know, it went from me having to get a media pass for the game, and then all of a sudden NCAA declaring only uh, media can actually be at the game. So I was just picturing myself sitting there with absolutely no one else in the stands just watching St. Thomas and St. John's basically scrimmage for a March Madness game. And then it got canceled, and I was pretty disappointed about that. And I'm sure, obviously, many of the men's players were super disappointed about that game. Yeah, when things started to get canceled, I kind of figured that the the ripple effect would cancel all all events because now it's down to groups of ten or less, and mm-hmm. there's oh, ten yeah. there's ten people on a court uh-huh. <laughs> passing around that germ ball. Mm-hmm. And I saw the when I saw Division One canceled March Madness, I knew obviously Division Three would follow suit pretty much immediately, and uh, it's just really sad. Yeah, but we move on with life. and uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the same, same weekend, men's hockey, they went 15-10-3. Uh, and three. Uh, They would have played, I think, at about the same time, maybe 6 o'clock on that Saturday. Uh, they would have played at Lake Forest in the first round of the NCAAs. Um, they beat Concordia Moorhead in the Mayak Championship, ended the year on a five-game winning streak. That's going to feel good. Yeah, well... <laughs> Didn't get to actualize that. I think yeah. our reporter, or actually not no longer reporter, University Affairs Editor Justin Amaker was going to go cover that game, and he was saying it was going to be a pretty tough game for men's hockey. You got to cover some hockey games this yeah, year, right? Yeah, I, I covered a few men's hockey games. Uh, they were uh, they were they were good. They were up and down throughout the year, fifteen and ten and three. Um, not their greatest, not their worst year, but they they ended the year on a strong note with those five wins, and who knows, they could have made a deep run. Mm-hmm. But women's hockey, on the other hand, didn't have as good of a year as they um, had previously. They ended twelve ten and four, which is still good. Um, last year, they set a record for uh, twenty five wins. Gustavus was the only Mayak team to make the NCAA tournament bracket for women's hockey, which is a little bit different because it's obviously smaller to get to the Frozen Four for that. Yeah, but, um, and we're a, we're a northern school, so right. we should have more teams in, than that. Mm-hmm. But. Well, they had uh, fun some fun highlights of the year. I think they traveled midseason to Italy, and I know they had an exhibition against Team China. Ooh, yeah. So that I was kind of fun. That game. Yeah. So good year for um, both the hockey teams, too. Uh, unfortunately, some of the other teams didn't actually really get a chance to compete at all nationally. Um, on the 14th and 15th, nine indoor track athletes would have competed at the indoor national meet, and the men's and women's swim and dive teams, which they both finished second in the Mayak Championship, they had four swimmers make it to nationals, which actually would have been taking place right now in North Carolina. So it's unfortunate for them, but at least at least they know that they had a good showing with the people they were sending. They were one one day away from maybe winning a national championship. That's crazy. I know. I, uh, my high school team their high school basketball Hopkins 
was about to play in the nat- or in the state championship. Mm-hmm. They played in the semifinals, and then that Friday it got canceled. So, is that for women's or that was for uh, women's basketball? Yep, Paige Buchers, uh, the shining crazy. star of Hopkins. That's amazing. So that um, segues us into the spring sports, which um, softball, baseball, tennis, golf, and then the outdoor track and field. All of those are canceled. Um, yeah, I ran into a, a kid who was trying to get his uh, track gear from the locker room the other day because the arc closed. Uh-huh. Um, and he he told me, yeah, all the seniors are just devastated. Absolutely. I mean, no, um, it ran into the same thing for us. Like a lot of the basketball players couldn't go get any of their basketball shoes or anything. But I guess um, no workout places are open anyways. No gyms. Yeah. Arc gyms closed. YMCA is closed. You just gotta go old school and play some street ball in the parks. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, I think it's a good time to bring on Tony Kraus, the rugby president of uh, St. Thomas Men's Club Rugby. Um, so yeah, let's bring yeah. him in. Another team, rugby, that won't get to have a season. They're a club team. Um, so we're going to talk about how student-athletes are adapting and what they're going to be up to training-wise this spring. Okay, so we have the St. Thomas Men's Rugby Club president, Tony Kraus, joining us today. How, how, are, you, how are you holding up in, uh, in this time of coronavirus? Oh, you know, staying quarantined. Uh, I got enough toilet paper, so I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, like, um, for rugby these days? Anything? So, unfortunately, um, with, uh, you know, virus spreading and all, uh, our season was ended short, just like everyone else's. Um, we didn't have a fully packed season this year. Um, I like to think of that as, you know, kind of a good thing. I think a lot of teams are scared of us due to how we did in the fall. We were uh, pretty decent, so uh, a lot of giant teams really didn't want to play us. Uh, but we were scheduled for two tournaments, and um, there's two tournaments we've competed in before, one of which we won last year, uh, the All Saints Tournament. Um, so it's just a little disappointing how we don't get to do that this year. But um, I don't know. We're still trying to stay connected, uh, still staying in contact, uh, making sure we're staying active and fit and keeping up on rugby techniques and uh, stuff like that. So, 
So um, do you guys have like a meeting and talk about the kind of workouts you're going to be doing? What are you guys recommending for your athletes? Uh, so uh, as of right now, um, that's still in the works. Uh, again, this is kind of pushed on us all at once. Um, but we do have workout plans that we are uh, implementing for our teammates. Um, I know we're not really supposed to meet in big groups, but like a few of us kind of like to get out together and go running or throw the ball around, uh, you know, as long as we still can. Um, but other than that, uh, that's pretty much what we're doing as of right now. Makes sense. Knowing you and uh, a few of the guys on the team, you guys are a pretty close-knit group. Have oh, yeah. you Have you uh, thought about what the team's going to be like next year? What are you? Who are you retur- returning and uh, stuff like that? So uh, I have no like trouble believing that everyone's going to return just fine. Um, everyone that I know who's on the team right now loves the sport, loves the team, uh, loves getting together and hanging out, just like you know doing whatever. Not just in practice, but like you know just hanging out on the weekends or whatever. Um, we're definitely like a close group of guys. Um, I noticed ever since my freshman year when I first joined, uh, I was welcomed with open arms onto the practice field. Uh, everyone tried to take me under their wing and show me the ropes and kind of uh, get me familiar with how the team is and how things were run. So we try to continue that philosophy, and uh, I definitely do as uh, president of the club. So you mentioned um, that you guys had a really successful fall. I think you played, did you play five? So one all five? Yes. Uh, so we, we played, I think, it was six uh, regular season games. Uh, we won all of them, uh, two of them being St. John's. So that was very satisfying. Um, we, one of uh, them was a snow game, right? Uh, well, we played one in the mud, which was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, that was, yeah, that was very cold and very dirty. But uh, that was against Winona. Uh what the final score of that was, but it was pretty uh, – pretty far spread so so how does 51 51 7 ah that sounds about right (laughs) how does your guys team chemistry contribute to all that success oh wow i mean like immensely uh i definitely noticed this year especially um just you you wouldn't notice like the difference between like grades or you know experience or or uh whatever else like everyone is so closely connected uh you, yeah, like like I said, you couldn't tell the difference between a sophomore and a senior on the team because everyone's so closely connected with one another. Uh, we're all good friends. Um, it's uh, the team chemistry is pretty like great on the rugby team, I'd say, and I think that's one thing that's definitely a defining factor for us. They're also like very open, and they, well, it is a club sport, so they're always looking for new people to play i mean yeah. my freshman year yeah, definitely i was uh hooked into going to one rugby practice <laughs> over at Marion park oh yeah good times and uh no it's a great atmosphere yeah definitely no we're always looking for new people we're always looking to expand the club um like i said um once you step on the field like you're part of our team you're part of our family um we're going to treat you the same as everyone else. Uh, there's no hazing or any of that stuff involved. Like all that, you can just forget all that crap when you start to, when you put on your cleats and go out on the field. So obviously, you guys aren't going to get that experience this season. Um, what effect does that have on you as an upperclassman and the other upperclassmen? Um, well, I mean, we're definitely all very disappointed. Um, 
I was really looking forward to playing with uh, a lot of the seniors, you know, at least one last time. Um, they are, you know, you got Max Gratz, uh, Alex Trapp, uh, Ryan Cho, you know, those are all great guys and uh, who I really enjoy playing with. Funny guys, great to be around. So uh, it's a real disappointment that I won't be able to play with them again. Um, definitely hoping that I'll see them around in future alumni games. And uh, I don't know, maybe uh, next semester they'll be around. Hopefully take another class or so, get that last year of eligibility in. Is that a possibility for club sports right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I believe it's I believe it's five years of eligibility. So I think uh, if you wanted to uh, take another semester, you could still play another oh. year of rugby. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, actually, because um, right now the NCAA is trying to figure out eligibility for, you know, winter athletes, spring athletes, yeah. especially seniors. So I mean, I think it's a great idea because we've had a lot of uh, – I guess super seniors, fifth years, come back um, for an extra semester, and you know they, of course, they play rugby. You know they love it so much they don't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. How many of the kids on the team right now played rugby in high school, or how many of them just joined out of curiosity? You know, I'm glad you asked that question because I feel like the majority of the team is people that actually started out in college. Uh, I myself, uh, I played in high school, and that's why. I kind of sought out the team when I first got here because I really wanted to play rugby. Um, but I'd say the majority of our guys um, are definitely, you know, when they come on for the first time, freshman year, or sophomore year, junior, senior year even, um, it's usually the first time playing rugby and uh, very new to the sport. Um, a question I get, questions I get all the time when I'm trying to recruit or get people to play is, uh, is it okay if I don't know anything about the sport? Uh, I'm not very big, like, is that okay? And, like, definitely. I mean, some of the best players, like, I've experienced um, playing rugby are, like, you know, 5'7", 170 pounds, you know. Like, as long as you got, like, the uh, ambition and, you know, you really want to um, go for it, you know, I got some athleticism in there, uh, you should be fine. Like, anyone can play rugby. So you say, um, you kind of mentioned, like, when you say, I'm trying to recruit, are you as, like, president? going out and actively recruiting kids? Well, I mean, uh, so we definitely have certain times of the year where we do recruiting. It's usually the beginning of semesters. Um, typically, um, um, we'll do it like right at the start of um, fall semester when there's like a football game or something. We'll try to go to the freshman, hand out flyers and everything like that. And then you get the club fairs as well. Um, I guess recruiting is more of like the vice president's job, which is a role I had before. So I guess I kind of brought that into my role as president as well. But we tell everyone on the team to recruit. Um, we try to tell, um, you know, just bring your roommate out to practice. Uh, that kid in your couch class, you know, like ask him to come. You know, whatever works. So that happened for you, Joey? That did happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my room watching my friend play video games and <laughs> out pops a rugby player. You're there coming you with me. There you go. That's, that's, that's how it goes. And hopefully those guys stick around. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know if we have anything else for you. Joey, you have any other things you want to discuss? or? Yeah, I don't know. I guess the main topic has just been coronavirus lately. No, no mm -hmm. uh, breaking news other than yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. But, mm -hmm. And, uh, like, in terms of coronavirus and like how the team's getting together and stuff like that, you know, they're saying no groups of 10 or anything like, no groups more than 10, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> meeting up and joining together. Uh, so, I mean, we're trying to, like I said before, um, 
we're still trying to keep the team connected. We're still trying to get like small groups together to do workouts or play some touch rugby or you know just go out and throw the ball out, uh, throw the ball around, and uh, just keep that team chemistry up because that's definitely one thing that's very important to us. Good deal. Well, stay uh, stay healthy, stay inside. Definitely, I'll try my best. You guys too. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming on with us today. And yeah, thank you for having me. It. No, it's very good. So glad Tony could join us. We were kind of scrambling for someone to find, but worked out well. He was the president, and uh, he shared some good insight about rugby and how mm -hmm. club club sports work at St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. So, and just the fact that they're still able to get workouts in, especially you know, being outdoor makes it a little bit easier. But it's good that athletes still have outlets to train and continue that especially right now in this crazy time. So we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and how it's impacted sports, which is just devastating for a lot of people. No March Madness. Devastating no. for me personally <laughs> right now. Oh, I'm, me too. I, I, I want to have my four monitor screens up right now with all the, all the March Madness games supposed mm -hmm. to start today at 11.10 a.m., Oh, all the all the people you would have had over the appetizers, just <laughs> all the energy, the bracketology. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to watch anymore. No, there's none of that. NBA obviously was, I think, like the first big organization to just say, "Hey, we're calling it quits with Rudy Gobert contracting the coronavirus," and clearly he came into contact with a ton of reporters and players. Kevin Durant. No has one the wants coronavirus that. now. Yeah. No. I think that made it pretty serious for a lot of people like Kevin Durant. <laughs> but no, yeah. yeah, then the MLB delayed its season start. Um, no spring college sports for the NCAA. So. Yeah. So the the NBA right now is there's a little controversy over what what some of the top college prospects are going to do in terms of going to the NBA or because they didn't have their their chance to show themselves under pressure in March Madness or their conference tournaments so mm -mm. a lot of scouts um, are kind of questioning you know who's ready for the NBA and you know they can't have these meetings with with um, mm -hmm. team managers and uh, well I mean like a especially in March Madness, it just shows who's great under pressure. I know last year it was super fun watching uh, John Morant. He was kind of the unsung hero in my household. That was super fun, but not going to get that this year. Um, really unfortunate. It's hard for especially seniors to know what they're going to be doing because um, the NCAA is trying to figure out what are they going to do about eligibility. I know... There's rumors that they're not going to grant eligibility to any winter sports athletes via Twitter. Um, I just think that comes because they got to have their entire regular season. And really what the only thing most of them missed out on is just that postseason, which, you know, no one shining moment. But I think it's still up in the air whether they're going to be granting that to spring athletes 
I think it's fair. They should give it to spring athletes. I mean, most of these sports had maybe a month less than that to compete and play games. They obviously had been working out all year up until this point, but it's got to be devastating. Mm-hmm. I've seen on just a lot of athletes posting, like, farewells on Twitter, especially the softball and baseball players who aren't going to get to have their final senior seasons. Um, and I think what could be interesting is if NCAA does end up granting eligibility to those spring athletes and seniors come back, then what happens to the rosters? Because obviously they're still going to bring in those new freshman classes. Then they're going to have five classes at once. Not sure what they're going to do about that with scholarships. Yeah, with that expansion, there's going to be five grades of kids competing for playing time. And then where do the the walk-ons fit in? And the guys that are just ready to sit on the bench and cheer their team on, will they even be able to do that? Will the NCAA expand rosters? I don't know. Might be a little bit of question with the competitive parity too because you think about teams like our schools we didn't have any seniors for women's basketball so other teams bringing their seniors back that totally changes the game like they're bringing in all of their prowess back and we're just having girls fill the senior role so that that changes a little bit yeah I think it's definitely uh, benefits uh, certain teams more than others but it's a crazy time. We've never experienced anything like this before where no. where everyone gets an extension, a yep. possible fifth year, super senior. Well, you wonder, like, a lot of athletes, would they rather just graduate on time? I mean, obviously being an athlete is a huge part of their identity and lifestyle, takes up all their time. So, I mean, for D3 athletes, a lot of them go there for the academic piece, so you would think a lot of them would just graduate on time but for division one athletes it's quite a bit different yeah division three as well they they gotta pay their their fifth year of tuition you know yeah it's not gonna come free so no i if i if i were making that decision i'd be i'd be out i'd be on to the real life especially with the sticker price of some even like some of the better d3 colleges i remember um in my like recruiting process when I was in high school looking at some of the sticker prices for division three institutions is pretty high I don't think I would want to pay for a fifth year of that no way but everyone everyone's different and then you know everything impacts the non-athletes all the sports fanatics out there are kind of <laughs> lost right now like how, how are you, you doing Joey <laughs> <laughs> well I I'm holding up. I, I understand that all of this is is good, and we need to take these precautions. So I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just, you know, disappointed, mm-hmm. sad, because every year this has been a tradition of mine. You know, sit in my room, get my screens up, do my thing. You know. Yeah. I fill think... out fill out my bracket. Watching my bracket either crash or rise is like one of the most satisfying <laughs> things. Well, we were going to watch, um, or we were going to discuss our final four picks, but we didn't yeah. even get to see a bracket, and a lot of people are making mock brackets online with all their new free time. 
Yeah, who did you think uh, would have gone all the way, or mm. who, do, who would you have liked to see in the Final Four? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I typically like to root for a lot of the underdogs, as most people do. Um, there's always your classic, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. I think, honestly, I might have rooted for Kansas this year. I know um, one of our Kojo professors would have <laughs> said something very similar. Mandy. Vandegrift. Um, yeah, I was, I was honestly... I wanted to see Dayton go far. They're one of those teams that isn't a major conference, but mm-hmm. um, some years they are they're outstanding. And this year they had a a freak of nature, Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a lottery pick this oh, yeah. year for sure, and he he carried that team. But um, yeah, they're a non or a non uh, big school that. I usually I usually like to root for the underdogs, but they mm-hmm. I think they were number three in the country before everything got canceled, and mm-hmm. disappointing to see it see it end. I personally always, um, being from the Midwest, love rooting for the Big Ten teams. Um, there's obviously a few exceptions, you know. I'm pretty partial to Iowa being from Iowa, having no um, professional sports there. They've had obviously pretty average seasons generally not always the best team ever but I really enjoyed watching them this year especially with Luca Garza at the helm he he had a great year he beat up the Gophers a few times oh totally and he just didn't stop man was a tank really was um so I guess now everyone's trying to figure out what to do I personally think 30 for 30s are a great <laughs> great thing and I hope ESPN starts cranking out more of those yeah no for sure they they make me uh smile a lot of those are very uh uplifting um the E60s the 30 for 30s what are your favorites inspirational I watched one two weeks about two weeks ago about a um a golfer who grew up on a golf course and her family didn't have very very much money, but they worked on the golf course, and one of the members actually bought her a set of clubs because they saw her putting on the greens with a stick. What? She was so invested in the game, and that's all she had to do because she lived on the golf course with her family who was running the grounds crew. And mm. so... The member gave her a set of golf clubs, and her talent just took off. And oh. now she's um, rising the ranks, competing in professional tournaments, and, yeah, really warmed my heart. Oh, this is definitely going to be the rise of sports feature stories right now. Besides all the throwback games people are going to be watching, um, I know I'm probably going to bring back some of my favorites. So I love watching um, the 99ers. Women's World Cup team. I, I love seen that one. I'll have to. Oh, it's it's a long one, but it's such a good one. Just showing the chemistry of those female athletes. They really set the stage for women's soccer in America, which a lot of a lot of issues around that right now, um, with the equal pay. And there was kind of an issue with how that court case went recently. But um, we also also some of my favorites. I would say, Dream Team. 
love that one. Charles Bar- Charles Barkley oh, mm-hmm. makes me laugh every single time. Magic Johnson. Um, also like the Bad Boys, Detroit Pistons. I love that one. So I'll be bringing some of those back for sure. I've been watching a lot of reruns because ESPN just plays like these classic games. One in particular was the Syracuse-UConn game a few years back when Johnny Flynn was up against Hashim Thabit and Kemba Walker. Oh. (laughs) It was the six-overtime thriller. And I've seen that on ESPN, I think, four times now as I've been clicking through the channels. Like, they have nothing else to play. Well, I saw on Twitter a lot of people are saying they want to show that... um, Jordan versus LeBron, or, or what was it? Some Was it Jordan's comeback to the NBA when he played, I think so. when he played baseball and then he There came was back? just a picture, um, and everyone's, everyone's begging for some of those old reruns that just haven't really been widely circulated. So I'm excited for some of that. i am got to have something to fill my boredom this spring break. Oh, yeah. Besides, athletes, like, on campus can't really do anything inside a gym for basketball, so we'll figure it out. Yeah, the best players are going to be the ones who play outside. <laughs> yep. Just or like they have their own some private gym. Rucker Park feel yeah. to it. So, yep, I guess. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Yep. Thanks for joining us on our very first episode, Joey and I being two brand new hosts. So hope you come back next time. Mm-hmm.